1: It's still a nail biter. No result in the U.S. presidential election as millions of votes are still being counted. At the moment, the word is that Joe Biden has the best shot of amassing the 270 electoral college votes needed to win. AP and other news organizations are giving him 264 while CNN is holding back, uh, calling 253 for Biden to Trump's 213. Donald Trump, meanwhile, is taking legal action, calling for a recount in Wisconsin and a stop to counting in Michigan and Pennsylvania. Other suits uh, have challenged absentee ballot processing in Nevada's largest county and late arriving ballots in a Georgia county. Now, whoever wins will have a razor-thin majority that the polls once again totally missed. Now, here in Canada, we're just about as obsessed as our American neighbors, but what does the outcome really mean for our country? Let me give the numbers out, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 866 740 And now let's check in with former U.S. ambassador to Canada and co-author of the best-selling memoir, The Art of Diplomacy, Strengthening the Canada-U.S. Relationship. Uh, We have Bruce Heyman. Uh, Dr. Chris Cooper is a political science professor at Western Carolina University. And Dr. Jordan Ragusa is associate professor and associate chair in the Department of Political Science at the College of Charleston. Hello, everyone.
2: Hello. How are you? Hello. Thank you for having
1: us. Okay. Let us begin with Ambassador Heyman. Uh, you know, I'm not sure that either result is is really great for Canada.
3: Oh, my gosh. Uh, it, it, they're so diametrically different and opposed to, you know, each other in terms of approach and style. I think one is is very good for Canada, and that's Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. I traveled with Joe Biden to Vancouver. I traveled with him to Ottawa. I know him well personally. He swore me in. And I can tell you he's a honest, decent human being who values the Canada-U.S. relationship. I saw it firsthand. He had met with both Prime Minister Harper and Prime Minister Trudeau with me. And I'll tell you, I just think the tone and style and approach to the relationship will be Incredibly different and very positive, and, assuming and, Joe Biden's president
1: and and more regular and businesslike, obviously. Yeah,
3: and respectful.
1: And respectful. Um, let us um, move along to Doctor Cooper. Um, you know, I want to talk about the the fact that this seemed to be such a big surprise. Once again, the polls failed to pick it up. Uh, and it really is, I mean, it, it the country seems to be almost, almost evenly divided. And it's a, a, a whole difference in approach. You know, what do you think when you're looking at this? Yeah, I mean,
4: these are, they are diametrically opposed um, visions of America. And I think we are increasingly um, experiencing an America that is Uh, sort of two growing camps, Um, the Democrats, the Republicans, the liberals, the conservatives. And I've read a lot about this, um, uh, you know, maybe the polls getting it wrong. And although there's some smart people making those arguments, I actually haven't seen as many polling problems. I mean, it seemed to me that the polls are pretty clear about which states were going to be red states, which states were going to be blue states which states are going to be battleground states. And as I stare at the map and the states that we're looking at right now, Nevada, Arizona, Georgia, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, those are exactly the battleground states that we expected to be there. Um, The battleground states that have already been called were fairly close. So I'm not quite as negative on the polls as some of my colleagues are, um, partially because I think this vision of a divided America was here before this election, and it will be here after the election, unfortunately.
1: Okay, Dr. Ragusa, in terms of these legal challenges, I've been talking to a number of people about this, and most of the experts and academics that I've been talking to kind of aren't really taking the legal challenges seriously. Uh, What do you make of it?
2: Yeah, I think that's right. Um, There are a number of, of smarter people than I that have weighed in on this, uh, and the conventional wisdom is that, um, not only is there no legal basis for challenging a lot of the results in the states, um, but a lot of the arguments of the Trump campaign just don't make sense. For example, um, just a few minutes ago, there was a press conference in Nevada where they're counting some votes and, um, supposed Trump campaign officials were saying that, um, dead people were voting, um, that a lot of the votes were quote unquote illegitimate. But they weren't giving their name and they weren't giving any specific details. So um, are legal challenges possible? Could this end up being decided by the courts? Um, Yes, it's possible. But um, most people who study this stuff don't think that that's very likely.
1: Hmm, and and there are some challenges that have already been adjudicated. Apparently, uh, in terms of uh, extension of the deadlines when absentee ballots can come in, the the states have have already decided that uh, that would be okay, and they're being challenged, I believe, yet again. Right?
2: Correct. Yeah, one of the most important ones was in Pennsylvania. Um, what Pennsylvania allowed voters to do was to mail in their ballot on election day as long as it was stamped, um, and they would count it up until Friday after the election. Republicans sued, and the Pennsylvania Supreme Court sided with the legislature that allowed that extension, and then it went to the Supreme Court of the United States, and the Supreme Court basically decided they weren't going to hear the case, which gave their endorsement to the state Supreme Court's decision.
1: Okay, uh, Bruce Heyman. Is any of that the? Uh, is anything going to change? We now have uh, Amy Coney Barrett on the Supreme Court. Uh, does that make it more likely that they might decide to hear something, or uh, are these legal challenges just not going to get past the state level?
3: So, first of all, I, I'm not an attorney, and but but I will say the following, and it's We've been commenting on this already, that they make a lot of claims, but there's no evidence that they've put forth that there's any of the nefarious activities that they're claiming actually have taken place. They're they're throwing up everything they can. And what's weird about it is they want ballot counting to stop in the places they're ahead, but they want it to continue in the places they're behind. And, you know, they're just flailing and it's all disinformation it's all to create havoc and i i know the the biden uh, legal team personally and i'll and i'll tell you i have a lot of confidence that they're well prepared they're calm and the one by one they keep shooting down these you know illegitimate claims but they they've expected it the president signaled it in advance that he was going to do it so you know, this is a man who sues oh, in his personal life, in his corporate life, and now is using the legal system to try to hold on to power in the United States. I don't think that's going to work for him.
1: Are you expecting him to accept a result when it finally comes?
3: Um, whether he verbally accepts it or not, that, that'll be one, one path, but he's going to have to accept it if you know, if he's voted out, it's just a fact; he will not be president anymore. And so, whether he accepts it or not, he won't be president come January twentieth when the you know, new president is sworn in. Uh,
1: so, I, I mean, I found it rather extraordinary on the weekend. Uh, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff called an off-the-record call with with news anchors to to make sure they understand the military would not be part of this. I mean, that seemed. Uh, fairly wild, Dr. Cooper.
4: It does to me as well. I mean, it is a it is a scary time. And clearly, I agree with the ambassador that, look, there is a, there's, there's a law that's going to take place. There's a date where we are going to have a new president. It looks increasingly likely that that new president will be Joe Biden. At the same time, I do worry about Donald Trump fanning the flames of his sizable Um, Supporters, right? So even though I think it is the most likely scenario that Biden wins, there's a whole lot of folks in the United States that have voted for Donald Trump, close to half of the voting population. And so if they are accepting signals from him, I do worry about uh, civil unrest. I do worry about the message that we're sending to people. And I think one of the hallmarks of a well-functioning democracy is the ability for losers to accept the loss and to move on. And that's going to need to happen here. Um, And I'm increasingly worried about the way that transition will occur.
1: Mm -hmm. A lot of people are. Yesterday in Phoenix, we saw armed protesters kind of camping out uh, in the place where the ballots were being counted. And Uh, The the workers who were counting the ballots, I mean, I think they had to be escorted by police or whichever security was there to get to their cars.
4: Yeah, that's that's right, and you know, political scientists have been uh, really calling, you know, waving the alarms about this for the last few months. Groups like the Bright Line Watch that kind of keep track of how democracy is going, and, and worries about what we call the tail risk, right? These unlikely occurrences that, if they do happen, could be just catastrophic for democracy. Folks have been worried about this for a while, and, and so far, this is playing out, unfortunately, to look similarly to what uh, many folks thought was possible. It doesn't mean that I think think that our democracy is, you know, going down the tubes or is doomed or anything like that. But it is a time where we need to be vigilant, pay attention, and make sure as Americans that regardless of where we sit, we're willing to accept the result of the process. This is how it is supposed to work.
1: Bruce Heyman, what's your view of that? I mean, uh, Trump said going into this that uh, the, if he loses, it's fraudulent.
3: So he signals everything in advance. People should never be fully surprised because he tells you what he's going to do. Um, the fact of the matter is he also said the virus was going to go away in the summer and we have a hundred thousand cases in the last 24 hours and more than a thousand people have passed away in the last 24 hours. So, you know, the the reality is I think people are, are discounting much of what he says because he's told so many lies for, for four years. So, Look, this is where we are. We're going to get through this. I think as hard as it is, we're just going to have to have some patience, not let our minds get too carried away. And I think that all signs are that Joe Biden will be the president-elect, maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week. But as these votes get counted, I, I'm confident that that's what's going to happen. And President Trump has no choice. He's If if that's the case, he's going to have to give up the seat. And, uh, you know, whether he's happy or not or whether he fans his Twitter or not and gets everybody stirred up. Look, it wouldn't surprise me if on Inauguration Day, he announces he's running for president in 2024 and he goes off on the campaign trail, raises money and does all this. And look, you know, he's just an unusual sort of guy.
1: Right. But uh, whoever wins, uh, Jordan is, is has, uh, you know, Nearly half the population is going to be upset with that.
2: Yeah, that's right. I mean, one of the really remarkable things in this election is that not only has Joe Biden gotten more votes in total than Barack Obama, where, you know, the 2008 presidential election was sort of a, a high watermark for voter turnout, but Donald Trump also has gotten more votes um, than Barack Obama did uh, in 2008. And so, Look, turnout is a double-edged sword. I mean, on the one hand, it's a good thing because we want people to participate in the process. We want to make sure all votes are counted and that people have a chance to influence their government. But on the other hand, turnout is really high cuz we're deeply polarized and and the results of every single election really matter a lot. And I think that that kind of pent-up anxiety and, and frustration with the state of American politics um, has some very serious negative consequences, including um, things that Chris Cooper mentioned with potential political violence um, and things that um, Ambassador Heyman mentioned about our relationship with, with other nations, including Canada.
1: I'd like to get back to that, Ambassador Heyman. I mean, uh, Joe Biden would definitely be easier and better to deal with. However, he has a lot of protectionist views. He doesn't like uh, the pipeline, which is critical to us. A lot of Canadians are worried about that.
3: We shouldn't let any one difference define a relationship. And when we have differences, we should have a relationship that allows us to sit down, respectfully tell each other why we think what one outcome should look like and why you think the other outcome should take place. And if we can create that kind of dynamic, it would be just like two friends or a partner in life that when you have differences, you can sit and try to work through them as opposed to always threatening the relationship every day, which is what Donald Trump, you know, essentially was doing with his language and style and his actions and tariffs threatening your auto industry Threatening you to withhold N95 masks while people were dying. Threatening troops at the border. Threatening, threatening aluminum and steel tariffs and language to the special, you know, coming out of the White House, a special place and you know where for the prime minister of Canada. This is just awful. And so it will be very, very different. And when we have issues between our two countries, like some of the things that you talked about, we can sit down and work through them and talk through them. We may not agree on everything, but we'll, we'll, it'll be a much different relationship.
1: Oh, Of, of, of that, there uh, certainly will be no doubt. So at this point, Dr. Cooper, does it make a difference if the determination is today or tomorrow or next week?
4: Ultimately, no. I mean, look, it sometimes takes a while to count ballots. It is much more important to get it right than to get it done quickly. And I would still argue we are getting it done fairly quickly. We are before the canvas days for almost every – I believe actually every state in the country. We haven't even accepted, for example, my home state of North Carolina. We're accepting ballots through November 12th. Um, So I think a little bit more time is okay. Um, And also, everybody needs to remember, even when all this is done, it isn't really done until the Electoral College actually meets and votes. So this is stage one. It's the most salient stage. It's the one people pay attention to. But we've got a whole nother series of events that have to take place before this transition of power ultimately occurs in January.
1: Right. But the fact if it takes keeps taking longer, does that uh, raise the possibility of of, of violence and uh, civil unrest?
4: Perhaps. Um, I'm curious to see what, you know, none of us can can really answer, which is what happens when the, the quote, final result is announced. Um, Does that increase the unrest? You know, I'm just not sure how these people are going to react. Obviously, we're talking about we're talking about real civil unrest. Um, for folks who refuse to accept the outcome of a lawfully conducted election, we're talking about people who aren't acting particularly rationally, and I think their behavior is very difficult to predict. So I'm not gonna predict exactly what they'll do. I'm just gonna, gonna hope and try to caution people that, you know, part of this process is very, very normal, and there's nothing out of the ordinary yet.
1: Uh, so, just uh, our our other two panelists, very quickly, are you expecting that the longer it goes on, the 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 more the likelihood of violence goes up?
2: I I agree with with uh, Chris Cooper. I mean, I think that violence is sort of unlikely to happen, but I suppose the longer it drags out, um, the more likely violence is to occur. I think one thing that does matter in the amount of time it takes to certify. Um, a winner in a lot of these states is that it really undercuts Democrats' efforts, you know, to say that this is a clear repudiation of Trump. It um, it hurts their honeymoon, you know, if potentially they have control of the Senate and they want to pass a bunch of legislation. And I does I do think that um, it increases the chances that Donald Trump immediately announces his candidacy in 2024, uh, and you know potentially we're um, campaigning for another four years. Um, after this election.
1: Okay. Bruce Heyman, last word to you on that. I think this will be
3: peacefully decided. I think the votes will be counted. I think there'll be an announcement. I think all of this angst about what the president will do, the lawsuits will go by the wayside. He'll have to accept the result of whatever it is. And we will move on to a new administration in January.
1: Okay. Well, thank you so much. Uh, We wait with bated breath. Thanks again, Bruce Heyman, Jordan Ragusa, and Dr. Chris Cooper.
2: Pleasure. Thank Thank you. you.
1: Okay. Uh, That's all the time we have for today. Free for All Friday is coming up tomorrow. That's the day you set the agenda. And uh, I'm very curious to hear what our audience thinks about what is happening south of the border.